Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Caraman. We are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., doing good. Uh, both the Yankees and the Red Sox were off today. Much-needed off days before a huge series this weekend between the two of them. Uh, very excited to see how those three games go. But we still had uh, quite a bit happen today. Uh, we had a few teams, or we had a team clinch. A few won, a few teams lost. Yeah, uh, seems, seems pretty typical of a normal day. But uh, LJ, should we get into the first story here, which is um, uh, a bit unfortunate? We can either do that or there was something I totally forgot I wanted to discuss with you and didn't put in the thing so we could throw that right now. Sure. Hope I don't forget about it. Overall, Brandon, I want to hear your unbiased thoughts about the playoff roster restrictions in terms of timeliness for getting a guy on the roster. I don't know. I just, I didn't have an issue with this. I didn't actually really think about it until this week as we've watched Jose Iglesias light the world on fire. And Brandon, in case you do not know, they picked him up four days too late for him to be on the playoff roster this season. Mm. Just past the 
September 1st deadline. And this is not me desperately wanting him in the lineup because frankly, it makes life a lot easier if he's not in the lineup. And I'll explain that a little more in a minute and how people are being just idiots about it. But I think it's a very, I've heard people make very, very good points about why the rules on the September 1st thing are kind of ridiculous. First off, the Red Sox do not need to get Christian Arroyo, Arroyo playing time because he's going to have to play second base in the wild card. Everybody's freaking out about the fact that how can we pull Jose Iglesias out of this lineup right now in order to get this guy at bats and he needs at bats if he's going to play in the wild card and they're like throwing a hissy fit. First off, he he doesn't necessarily need that many at bats. I mean, come on, it's it's the ninth spot in the lineup. Second, Brandon, I don't think he even should be starting in the wild card game because you can get all of the quality hitters into the lineup if you do not put Christian Royo. And that's not to say he's not a quality hitter, but all the guys that are playing great right now, because if you move Kike Hernandez to second from center, Verdugo slots into, into center, put Schwarber in left, Renfro in right, D, uh, JD at DH and Bobby at first, there's really no one missing from that lineup. Well, and I mean, in terms of my thoughts on the playoff roster rules, I mean, the rules are the rules. Like, yeah, it's pretty stupid, but. Oh, I, I I'm, not, I'm not saying we should change the rules for this specific case, but do the rules, should the rules be at least looked at to be changed? I mean, like maybe, but I also see why it is, why, how it is. I mean, like, what's the point of having a trade, a deadline? It's to make sure that teams you know have their rosters pretty much set baseball unlike other sports has like a reserve roster of sorts with the 40-man roster where you the most players you have up at a time is 28 which is during September most of the time you have up 26 players so you have 14 extra players that are in the minors that can immediately be called up to the majors uh and when you have that kind of roster like that there's no reason why uh you know adding a guy to that prior to september 1st is a crazy deadline to me uh i just don't see like what the like i feel like the people who are saying to get get rid of it are only saying it because it's gonna hurt the red Sox when no i'm not i mean in all in all seriousness no, when the Red Sox sign the guy who has negative 1.2 war at, you know, in this season, uh, you know, I don't really think fans thought he was gonna be putting up. No, no, no. Insane they stat, weren't. And so. Brandon, I think you're taking me completely out of context here when you're saying that I'm only making a claim about this because I want him on the playoff roster. I'm not expecting him on the playoff roster. Frankly, I would be upset if they didn't at least do the legwork to try to bring him back as the second baseman next season. Yes, I would, because overall long-term, his value has been proven as a major league player. What I'm saying is I, I didn't think about it until now. I'm not trying to campaign for anything this season. I don't care if he makes it. But you have to admit, from a theoretical standpoint, I think the collusion-type aspect is doesn't make a ton of sense here. And again, I could be wrong, but 
the reason, the primary reason for this is to keep players from getting out of their contract in the last month and going to ring chase, which makes sense. However, there are very, very, very rare situations. Honestly, there, there is no established player that would be good enough to make an impact on a playoff race or on a playoff in a playoff run that would be capable of getting out of a contract of being waived during that point in time. And if you're trying to, if you're trying to say that there, if, if you, if somebody tried to say, not you, if somebody tried to say, okay, well, there may be, let's say trades or trades that have happened, like that would happen where say, all right, if you drop this guy and get, let us try to get him now, we'll send you over something over the winter or whatever, that type of thing nothing it would be too big a deal to be able to go under the radar with that of most impactful players so what it ends up doing is affecting the one in a million guy who plays so well once he once he gets into a situation that he actually deserves a spot starting making an impact on a playoff team Brandon this isn't going to be something again which is why it's not a big deal this isn't going to be a situation probably for another four years, five years, where there's a guy who can make a genuine impact on a playoff game that happens to waltz through the door in the middle of September. So I just think it's an interesting conversation from a theoretical standpoint of how much is the rule really helping? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's certainly an interesting rule. Uh, I wanted to look up to see if the NFL has a rule where, that restricts uh, the playoff roster in any way. Uh, I just wanted to see this. Uh, I don't believe so. Yeah, no, this is all the COVID rules. I don't know. I can't find it. Uh, I don't know, but I feel like the NBA also at some point they you're not allowed to like pick up a guy unless it's a buyout prior to the playoffs. Like, you know, it's at at some point your roster is set for the postseason. I I, I don't believe in because I mean, let's say that there was no rule. What if for whatever reason somehow a good pitcher is finally coming back off a of Tommy John surgery and he starts throwing in late August. And now all of a sudden the team is like, Oh, wait a minute. We just lost a pitcher. Let's sign him on September 23rd, like a day like today. And he's going to be pitching for us in the playoffs. Like that's why I think that the rule is in place in the first place. Yeah. Again, I, I see your point, but I'm going to bring up the counter argument of, most of those moves are being proactively made anyways. If a guy is, if a guy like that is able to come back, speaking of which, has anybody heard, heard from Danny Duffy? Is he still alive? Um, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, he hasn't even pitched for the Dodgers. No, he hasn't. Um, but no, my point is like, if, if there seems like a chance that somebody is going to be able to be on a, on a team, most teams are going to bring them on before 
September anyways. If anything, those are things that are more proactive. So there's ways of getting around a lot of these types of deals. Again, I'm not sure what the perfect system is, but I, I don't know. And I guess the second question you could bring up from this, and at the end of the day, I really could care less, but Brandon, what would you think if they pushed that date back? And here's my logic on that in the future. We're looking at September 23rd. I'm going to go back a little bit. Let's go to September 16th, a week ago. There were five teams eliminated from playoffs at that point in time. So if we're talking about on September 16th, only five teams being truly eliminated from playoff contention, I think you could reasonably look at a week later, 10 days later off of that deadline. And you are going to see a lot more teams are still technically in it than there are now, but very few, like there's, there's, there's a big difference between September 9th and now versus September 1st and September 10th. So could there be a situation where we ever see that move around? What would, I'm missing your point as to how having teams not be able to make the playoffs would make a difference. Well, it would make a difference because those would be the teams that would be most likely to drop a player or let a player walk in order to do it. That's what you see in, in the NBA is teams go and they acquire guys for draft picks in order to just let them buy out and walk to whatever team is actually contending. Yeah, but that's in the middle of the season. That's not when there's a month left. I mean, it's when there's a month left. The the trade, excuse me, the trade deadline did get moved up, but most but buyout season has always been the last last two weeks of February with only a month left of NBA play. So it it is comparable. But again, I'm just talking in a strictly hypothetical standpoint here. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I've I've like never really heard anyone talk about this 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 rule i've never even like thought about it like because exactly. it's never been a controversy before it most no, it, it's not a controversy set, and they don't hit on a player who is historically bad for a single season and all of a sudden is able to turn it around no it's it's not a controversy i don't i don't, I don't think it's a controversy i just once it came up i was surprised uh, just as surprised as you were that I hadn't heard it before is really what I'm trying to get at here. Like it was surprising to me that I hadn't heard anyone challenge this rule because I mean, Brandon, all of your time and you, you spent a lot more time on baseball, right? Than me. You've probably heard somebody make a case for a alteration or the removal of just about every rule in yeah. the rule book. Yeah. But this never gets talked about. No. Maybe, maybe that should be a off season series. We're going to go oh. through and make a case for every single rule in the rule book to be removed. Uh, one other thing prior to, to, to actually getting into our schedule here. Uh, we didn't talk about Anthony Ghost. LJ, I'm not sure if you saw. So this guy, he was a center fielder for the Toronto Blue Jays from 2012 
2014, and then he was on the Tigers for 2015 and 2016. He was then out of the league, and he recently signed with the Cleveland Indians uh, as a pitcher. Mm. And in his first career MLB pitching appearance, he topped 100.8 miles an hour. I mean, sure, this guy wasn't the best ever hitter. I mean, he was a actually a pretty bad hitter. But I, <laughs> if you're a lefty throwing 100, I mean, every team could use one of the one of those guys. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't. Should I be? We should be surprised we haven't seen more of this. I think this is going to be, again, this is a sign of the where I think baseball is going. I think we can all see that Shohei Otani is going to lead to a another generation of two-way players back in the league. And I think the best spot to look at that are guys that are, are shaping up and breeding out to be outfielders, to be a center fielder. Brandon, you think about it. Yes, it's a different motion. It's a different technique. But for a center fielder, you're, th- you're, you're throwing the ball a lot, very far, trying to make throws and get guys out at the plate, get guys out at third base. Most of these guys, at least the decent ones, are throwing the ball pretty hard. So if you, are, if you have a good coach there, I can't imagine it is the, wor- the hardest thing in the world. I'm trying to think of a hard thing right now. But I can't imagine it's the hardest thing in the world for you to be able to redirect all of the physical talent that's there in one throwing motion into a pitching motion. Yeah, and, you know, we've seen other outfielders like Rick and Keel went from pitcher to outfielder. Uh, and it certainly makes sense. So I mean, Otani is a right fielder. Yeah, right. Uh, most of the very successful two-way players uh, in the dead ball era, I mean, Babe Ruth, outfielder, so – you know, it certainly makes sense, uh, but hopefully one day we'll have a guy who can, like, play, like, a corner infield spot and also pitch. Uh, that would be really cool. Uh, um, I, I'm going to derail us really quick. I'm sorry, but okay. I need your reaction on this show, and we haven't done a completely unrelated sports moment in a while. Okay. Have you seen the, da- the Daniel Carlson story for Oakland? Or no, what, what is going on with him? Brandon, in last week's game, Daniel Carlson managed to beat himself in fantasy. Oh, he played against himself? He played against himself, and his final kick was what put him into the loss column for the week. If he had missed the kick, he wins the game. If You know, if I was an NFL player, I would not have the time to play fantasy football. But, I mean, I guess he's a kicker, so... You're not doing that much. But if I was like a wide receiver or something, like I, you're way too busy to play to be playing fantasy. Cause then you start thinking about that stuff in your head while you're playing, you know, it can yeah. really screw you up. I think the only spot you, I would have trouble mentally doing it is quarterback. 
But with everyone else, here's the better question. How did Daniel Carlson not manage to draft himself? Like, Someone, shouldn't that be no, I mean, number one? Unless he had the number one pick, uh, maybe someone else uh, stole him. His best friend from college picks him number one overall in the draft just to steal him from himself at two. But, yeah, I mean, quarterback is the only spot I can think of it being a true issue as long as you don't not draft yourself. If you're willing to reach for yourself, like at wide receiver, that's fine. I mean, other, otherwise, yeah, I could certainly see the temptation to just drop half the passes that are thrown to you the week you play yourself. But, you know, court, with quarterbacks, it's interesting because the odds of you being able to get every single one of the players on your offense, get your first, your top running back, get your, all, your next three receivers, get your tight end all on your team are very low. And then I have to think at some point along the line, yeah, somebody is going to get tempted and somebody's going to stop throwing to somebody because of a fantasy matchup or audibling out of run plays because of a fantasy matchup. But yeah, this, this is interesting. We, we talk a lot these days in this world about the future effects of how much we use technology and screens and us not really understanding how child development is turning away because of how much screen time these kids are getting. I think fantasy is going to be a very similar thing where we have not seen the scale that we're using, doing it on tested throughout a full, like to the, to the scale it's on. We haven't seen it the way it is now. And I have to imagine sooner or later, we're gonna get into uh, Chris Rose type territory with somebody where they're doing it for the fantasy and it becomes a scandal. Like it, it's going to get ruined at some point, tarnished by a player. Uh, yeah, I, I would certainly hope that we don't see something like that. Uh, but LJ, the one thing we did want to talk about, Tyler Naquin is out for the season. Uh what exact procedure is he going under? Did, did we see? Uh, uh, hold on. I, I did. I did. I saw it. I don't remember it. Um, Cardinals released Ponce de Leon, though. Um, Bruised ribs. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is not a good moment for the Reds. Uh, he's been a, he, he's been like a pleasant surprise for them this year, honestly. Uh, you know, he's had a WRC plus of 111, which is, you know, he's, he's above average. He's been worth about two, two war this year, which is real solid. Uh, and look, it's, if the reds are somehow able to get to like the CS, maybe he could return and something like that, but I doubt it. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we should have we should have probably made that clear. I didn't I didn't construct the piece in the our schedule for today in a very good manner for this. But yes, he could potentially come back. He is technically the team is ruling him missing the rest of the regular season. But when you go into the quote, you realize they're talking about a potential CS run. Brandon, this team looks incredibly unlikely to be making the playoffs at all, let alone be able to get through two rounds. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Uh, well, but you know, they have to say that. They can't say, you know, we don't think we're going to make the playoffs. Uh. No, they don't have to, but yeah, it's just, it's interesting. For sure. Uh, and it's a big loss for them, especially when they need real, really all hands on deck here in the middle of this crazy NL wild card race. Now, but, uh, can we move the wild card up? I know I'm really sorry with this, but I, it's just the flow of conversation because I have a question for you because you seem to understand I can't quite wrap my head around what's going on in the NL East right now. However, you can. And so I have to ask the question, is there a scenario where, I mean, granted, St. Louis would have to stop losing, which surprise, surprise, if you didn't find out yet, they came back from down five today to win their 12th straight and to complete the sweep of the Milwaukee Brewers. Overall, just again, continued great stretch for St. Louis here now with 12 straight wins. But is there a situation where if they cooled off, maybe not cooled off to the four and a half games that they, the Phillies are back, but is there some way that they could go to a middle ground and Philly ends up passing Atlanta, but Atlanta passes them? Is that a situation that we could reasonably see? So Atlanta and Philly both pass St. Louis? Yes. Well, technically, well, yes, because Philly would – Philly would have to pass. So, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's possible. They would just both have to win. I mean, I know that the Braves tomorrow, uh, Friday, is when they're playing this, this makeup game against the Padres where they have to finish an inning and a half and then play a nine-inning game. So, They'll make up a game there. I don't know exactly how that last game is getting made up because there's still, if you look, there's still two games behind everyone in, in like a total game. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Philadelphia is two back from them in the NL East. The Braves are 80 and 71. Philly is 79 and 74. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, I would just have to assume that this NL wild card is just going to end up being Dodgers, Cardinals. Uh, those two seem to have really separated themselves. The Cardinals aren't losing. Uh, LJ, now they get to play at Chicago for the weekend. I mean, there's a legitimate chance that St. Louis has can win 15 games in a row. It's, it's, it's wild. Yeah, this is that's something we have to talk about next week is how teams are going to be lining up their pitching for the playoffs. Mm. Because, I mean, this is – St. Louis is looking like they could be at a real, real luxury here. They go and sweep through the weekend. I believe that will be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so three-game series. Yeah. Uh, 
So that would be 15 in a row. So there's a chance that they're like six games up. That's a very comfortable spot in terms of clinching a playoff spot. Having that much time, you can set up your pitching however you want it to be for the wild card and the DS. Yeah. I haven't I haven't looked at many other teams, but I know the Red Sox are in an interesting spot. They're the guy that is the, the guy that would technically be up in the rotation is Ivaldi for the wild card, which would be a very valid choice to put in that wild card. But Chris Sale is the last game of the season would be his final start. So if they're able to clinch before the last day, that is also in play too. So we'll have to go through all of those either today or when, what does the Yankee, what do the Yankees look like if they. So it'll be Garrett Cole uh, starting for the Yankees Friday. Um, I don't know how it's going to work out for Tampa, but because uh, Tampa already clinched, they've like already started setting up their, their pitching staff. So we, but the way that you do it, if you're Tampa, because you're not even playing in the wild card game is you can still pitch your best guys in that last series, especially game one and two, because then they have what three, four days off, right. From the last. And so, so you can still use your best pitchers. Uh, on Friday and Saturday in the series, Sunday is the last day of the year. You know, you don't really, I mean, Tampa would certainly love to make it so that the Yankees end up missing the playoffs. Uh, that would be, you know, they they would really like to, to do that. I have no doubt that they're going to be coming out with very strong lineups uh, for games 160, 161, and 162. Uh Speaking of which, I am I am rep of the Rays. I am repping uh, swag from Rays top prospect Josh Lowe's former high school. Mm. That took a while for me to get to that point. I'm sorry. Very cool. Go Popes. Uh, but speaking of that Rays incident where Kevin Kiermeyer got hit, uh, the pitcher who hit him, Ryan Borucki. And the Toronto Blue Jays manager, Charlie Montoyo, have been suspended. Uh, Makes sense. It was the most intentional hit-by-pitch I've ever seen. Uh, The MLB is definitely not putting up with, you know, intentional hit-by-pitches. They'll serve their few-day suspension, and uh, everyone's going to move on. And this is just probably one of the dumbest things that I've, I've ever seen. It is. Well, I, in my lifetime, the MLB certainly has always taken hit-by-pitches this seriously, but it doesn't matter because, again, this game has proven its best way of creating rules is by policing itself. And this was certainly pol- the game policing itself. Kiermaier shouldn't have done it, but this is not something you can choose right now. Again, I will, I will repeat from yesterday – this suspension should be expected. You kind of take it, you accept that as a known quantity when you're going to be choosing to hit somebody over something. You cannot make that choice knowing the con- fully knowing the consequence in September in the playoff push to now have your manager not be there when you desperately need each and every one of these wins. That, that is unacceptable. 
What's un- also unacceptable is this team is kind of also the day, the day of, the day after has become unhinged over this piece of paper. Like it's quite, it's quite amazing how much this, this is kind of living in the, it was living in the team's head rent-free in my opinion. That is not a positive, that is not a productive thought process to be going through someone's head in the middle of a playoff push. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't get it. It's. They're, they're, they're basically turning into the Notre Dame football of the MLB where the slightest set, the second they get the slightest bit of pushback that goes against their comfortable, normal, they pull their pants down and pretend the game's not happening. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, uh, I'm not sure why they choose to do it in this in this moment. I mean, we've seen teams wait an entire year, like wait until next year to do it. Like, I don't know what the schedule is. Let me see. If like they're playing each other on opening day, right? Oh, they do? Uh, no, the Blue Jays open on the road against – Baltimore, the Rays play the Red Sox on opening day. Nice. Can you imagine if the, his first at bat against the Blue Jays next year he got hit? I love it. <laughs> but to be to be fair, yeah, it's worth the wait, and it really is. I mean, for Pete's sake, the uh, Dodgers waited two long years to be able to hit the hit the Astros for what they did. Yeah. In fact, in fact, might I theorize that that was a a point of uh, thought when they decided to bring Joe Kelly in? A hundred percent. We're bring we're signing this guy to a multi year deal just so he can plunk the Astros. Well, we want no one else. There's no one else to better have starting a fight. Maybe this next uh, subject will help Joe Kelly not lose as much control. LJ, the MLB will be testing a pre-tacked baseball in AAA next year. Uh, the, this is very similar to what the NPB uses uh, for their ball. It's basically just a ball that is not very slippery like a normal MLB ball is. It has a little bit of tack on it already. Uh you know, we've seen so many pitchers have been using sticky stuff to be able to get a grip. This is a more natural grip. And uh, look, I'm a fan of it. I'm 100% a fan of it. Uh, I think that they should bring that ball right to the MLB. Uh, it, it would really give the best product, uh, I'm convinced. So uh, I hope that they use this and they end up uh, bringing it to the league. I have no problem with anything like that. Let, I agree. I agree one hundred and twenty percent with your sentiment. Let me expand upon your phrase very quickly here, just in case Rob Manfred, for some reason, happens to be listening to this. This podcast is in full of, full support of you bringing these balls to Major League Baseball in a safe and logical way. In other words, if you're going to do this, please. Either start it at the beginning of next spring training or start it at the beginning of the next spring training. 
the last thing we need is either A, what he did this year, which Brandon, you have to admit, makes no sense. Not only did he take out, did they take out the spider attack and et cetera mid-year, but they also decided to keep the juiced balls for spring training. Yeah. Which made no sense. Yeah, so like you you already have this base of logic, but you also have the scary thought process of them either deciding to start opening day with it or start it in the middle of the season because there's certainly going to be some kinks to work out. Granted, it's not a big change, but for a lot of these guys, having the ball feel different is going to be a real, it'll throw them for a loop. And especially not, maybe not as much the pitchers as they're really having to get used to throwing that ball like that. And they know they have to be working on it if they are given enough time to prepare for it. But can you imagine if they just sprung that on players in the middle of the season and all of a sudden a center fielder caught the ball and was going to try to get the guy out that was tagging up and going for home. And all of a sudden he got thrown off by the fact that there was a different grip to the ball because he hadn't been quite used to it yet. Like there's plenty of ways that this could be problematic if it was not put in correctly. I a hundred percent agree with your sentiment as well. Uh, look, I mean, the, the tact ball, I haven't heard a single player who plays in the NPB complain about it. The league has been using it for a long time. Uh, in terms of talent, I think that the MPB is actually better than the KBO. That might be a hot take. Yes, it is. Uh, the MPB, well, you might not see as many players defect from there to the MLB. It's very, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? All the players play with very, very good mechanics with everything, all the pitching mechanics look absolutely beautiful. The fielding is very, very smooth there. It's a different style of baseball for sure. Uh, it's not so based on three true outcomes. Uh, it's a lot of very strategic pitching. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. actually a fun product to watch if you're into that kind of low offensive slap hitting environment. In my opinion, I think in most people's opinion, the Nippon Baseball League is the second best major league in the world. The reason, again, if people aren't familiar with it, a lot of the reason that we don't see a ton of product coming from there not only is the different style, but also the, the league's internal requirements and bylaws. If I'm correct, I think it is more, I think it's more than six years. They, they're required to play in Japan if they go through the Nippon system. They have to play in Japan for X amount of years. I think it's more than six. Uh, yeah, I think the way the contracts work, too, is you have a reserve clause where the team, after each season, can just choose whether or not they want to keep you. And if they do, then you have a contract. And if they don't, then, then you're essentially a free agent. Uh, it's cool though, and the tact ball is something that they've used for a long time, and it works, and he, all the pitchers like it. So yeah, I'm so sure that, when they bring it to AAA, it will have a resounding positive uh, reaction. 
but yeah, that's why we don't see so many of them is because in short, for a lot of these guys, even the more talented ones, we reasonably wouldn't even be seeing them start in the league until 28. And then there's still that learning curve where they're essentially a rookie again with our style of play, our speed of play. So reasonably, you're not going to be getting a quality product until the very end of a guy's physical prime. So it's not nearly as worth it for teams or players. Well, LJ, we had our first division clinching today. The Chicago White Sox have clinched the AL Central Division. Uh, They have... I believe they've been in the lead the entire time, right? Has there been a point where they were not in first place in the division? Yes. Uh, actually, yes. The uh, Indians were there. No, the Royals were there. Uh, May 4th was the last time that they weren't in first. Uh, that, was the, that was when the Royals were, like, really good for that, that, like, two weeks. Indians, yeah, were up there. But, I mean, it's been a really impressive summer by – Chicago, uh, Tony LaRussa has been driving this team uh, pretty far. Hopefully we, he doesn't crash here uh, at the end of the season. They're going to be a fun uh, playoff team. You know, they have a deep pitching staff, uh, really nice lineup there, of course, and this is a team that's hungry for success once again. They got embarrassed in last year's playoffs after a 35-win season. They get beaten the wild card to Oakland, uh, and they could really, really use a nice run to like the ALCS or something this year. Uh, it would make that rebuild really start to come to fruition finally. Certainly great. Yeah, it's just, it's been it has been a long road for White Sox fans and for this White Sox ownership and front office to be able to get here, but it seems like they're going to be here to stay. Absolutely. So much young talent that uh, is seemingly just just getting better and better. So very excited to see what that team is going to do. Uh, the last thing we wanted to talk about the Padres and Giants game and the Padres end up walking off the Giants in extra innings. Uh, Who was it who had the walk-off hit? It was Victor Caratini for San Diego. Uh, Talk about a back and forth game. San Francisco took a five, nothing lead after the top of the sixth inning. Uh, actually, no, they didn't. I'm sorry. I did not scroll over. San Diego took a 4 nothing lead after the first inning. San Francisco took a 5-4 to four lead in the top of the sixth. San Diego fought back to take a 6-5 uh, to five lead. The Giants tie it back up in the seventh. Scoreless until extras when Caratini comes through. The Dodgers are only a game out, LJ. I know you've heard it a million times. The Dodgers are only one game away from the Giants. Uh, and the Giants start is a series with Colorado. And the Dodgers are at Arizona. So 
big, big series for, for the both of them. Uh, and Atlanta and San Diego, like I said, those two, they will be playing two games tomorrow. We'll getting the results from two games tomorrow, I should say. So, uh, yeah, just uh, keep keep tabs on that NL wild card and uh, NL West as we could see a lot of movement there uh, within the with the, uh, over the weekend. Yes, yeah, certainly. Look, this is this is going to be interesting having having them go against two teams that they haven't really struggled with either side all year long is certainly going to make for an entertaining watching experience with the Giants in Colorado and the Dodgers in Arizona. So I'm definitely looking forward to scoreboard watching these two teams as theoretically they should slaughter both both of them. But one one dropped game here is unacceptable for these seasons. Like it it, it can't happen. Oh, uh, one correction with St. Louis St. Louis and the Cubs. They're actually playing a double header tomorrow. So St. So Louis Yes, four games against the Cubs. Uh, so very, very interesting as well. A lot of good, good series to keep your eyes out for this weekend. Yankees, Red Sox, uh, Cardinals, Cubs, uh, certainly. And then those two NL West series. Uh, and we can't forget about Toronto and Minnesota as Toronto is uh, trying to also stay in this race as well. But uh, yeah, it's we're down to the last what eight nine days of the season, and still so much uncertainty. I love it. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. See manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central. Simpler communications.